0: This is Coda Radio, episode 157, for June 8th, 2015. And welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show Taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on My name is Chris and joining us every single week is our most definitely excellent host Who is decidedly established on the East Coast, why yes, it is Mr. Michael Dominic. Hey there, Michael
1: Buenos
0: dias, el capitán. Hello, el capitán. Hello, sir. El, el captain. Hello, the captain. So, yes. did you do your uh, did you do your stretches between the the uh, wrap up of the keynote and about right now because the keynote literally just wrapped up? Did you do any stretches? Because we have uh, been
1: I, I, we, we've been we've been rocking it pretty hard. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean not as hard as any because
0: nobody can. I don't. First nobody of all, can, I don't even it. have a salmon colored shirt, so right. yeah. Yeah. No, it is uh, it is it is WWDC 2015 day today, and uh, boy, oh boy, did WWDC just happen? It was a long keynote, and it started at 10 a.m. and it just wrapped up about 12:20 p.m. We saw a lot of stuff uh, in iOS 9, not very much in OS 10, and we saw the announcement of Apple Music. No hardware announced, nothing about Apple TV announced. Uh, no. But there is one really, really big announcement that I'm excited to talk about today, and I kind of want to pick your brain about. it. I know you already know what it is. And it's the one probably our audience cares the most about. But uh, before we get to that, Mister Buccaneer Tech, how is oh. Buccaneer Tech doing?
1: We are great. Let me tell you what we've been doing. Uh, we have been looking for someone named El Capitan. <laughs> yeah. No, so, uh, we're doing good. We're, we're, again, we're trying to ship uh, open source solutions for companies doing web applications and mobile applications. Um, and we're yeah. currently. Go ahead.
0: Well, I mean, you say that, and that sounds very ambitious. But what I noticed is somebody recently got a Moto 360. Is that it related to anything Buccaneer Tech is doing?
1: Well, Chris, according to the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution, uh huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. not going to answer that.
0: Well, uh, you know, you are tweeting the fact that you got a watch. Uh, I'm just wondering if, if, I mean, that's kind of, they kind of put it out there. Actually, the reason I bring it up, Mister Dominic, is uh, uh, I'm curious to see what you have in mind here. So I, I guess I'll just have to follow you, uh, Buccaneer Tech, on Twitter to find out more. Because yes. apparently, that's wrong we, now. we
1: are we are doing a few things in wearables. In fact, we're currently running a promotion, Chris. If I can plug, plug, plug. Well,
0: oh, I'd love to hear it.
1: Okay, so if you go to our website, BuccaneerTech.com, heard of it before, and you fill out that little cute little contact form in Google your email, you can put anything you want, especially if it's insulting towards Chris. Oh, sure. But if you use the promo code anywhere in the subject of your email or anywhere in the body there of that message box, El Capitan, you'll get a free consultation. Now, this deal's good from now until the end of June.
0: El Capitan, I like it. El Capitan, you put that in there, insult me a little bit, and you get a free consultation from Buccaneer Tech.
1: That's right. So we're specifically looking for folks who want to do something uh, in the Android wearable space, but we do offer iOS Angular JS, Ruby on Rails, and unfortunately PHP.
0: I'm super excited about wearables, which is a really weird thing for me to say. Oh, let me. Pah. Oh, but even Pah. Taste bad when I even say it. Ah, oh, oh, hold on. A Are you second. Okay. You okay. Pah. I just said I Just Puke li- it up. Just mm, puke it I up. I can't even believe no, what I just said. Oh God. But uh, the truth be told, it, it's changing my life a little bit. Mm-hmm. God. Oh. Pah. Oh my gosh. Wow. What am I saying? Oh. I'm a little dizzy now. Uh, 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 oh, hold on. I gotta turn the air conditioning on. It's getting hold on. It's getting too hot in here. I think I'm. I think I'm losing it. Uh, so anyways, the Android Watch stuff has been pretty good. It's been solid for me, and uh, I I'm, I'm pleased with the uh, usefulness and functionality of it so far as a consumer device. I got the LG Watch R, and I use it. I use the Fit stuff, and I, uh, it motivates me to to get a little more exercise in which is good. And I use it for sleep tracking. Uh, and it's pretty useful for messaging with my wife over telegram too I'll tell you what though it is sometimes the most unreliable garbage I've ever used I've never used technology more finicky and and, and really unreliable. Uh like about uh, b- oh I don't know oh I don't know 11 out of ten times I try to use the speech function to like set a reminder it never ever stinking works ever never once actually it's never once actually worked when I went to just kind of natively use it and I was kind of showing off like I'd be in the car and I'd be with other people and I'd be like okay Googs uh, set a reminder for it and then it just sits there like a geek and never sets it and then well, which
1: watch is this again?
0: The LG Watch R. But it, it, what, the, what it is, is it's so finicky. Like that, the, that speech recognition, I think, just takes too much bandwidth. And so if you have like a, a finicky Bluetooth connection or if your phone has a finicky connection back to Google services, like if your phone isn't connected to Google at the time, it just doesn't work. And so like if you're switching between Edge and 3G and 4G or something like that, that just happens sometimes. Uh, and so and then, OK, so that's 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 OK. That's 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 number one kind of ongoing problem. But you know what? You know what? I just don't use it for that. That's fine. I don't need to talk to my wrist. It'd be nice if it worked as advertised. It's obvious. It's obvious. That's how they want you to interact with it. In Android 5.1 for the watch, they've kind of reduced it a little bit. Uh, It got you easier to launch applications just using icons. It's got a way better app launcher than than Apple Watch. Uh, And and so it's it's usable. Always on is nice. There's another problem, though. And this has now happened to me twice. And so I went off and, and I did some research to see if it happens to other Android Wear users or if it's just me. And uh, uh, based on the reading I've done on the Android Wear subreddit and on on XDA form, uh, it apparently happens quite a bit to people where the watch and the phone just totally stop talking. And actually, Wait, no so pe- how
1: how how could I reproduce this?
0: Okay, well, do you, do you have a do you have an Android Wear device?
1: I have a, a Moto 360 do you on have my an, wrist.
0: Do you have an Android phone?
1: And a Nexus 5 right here. So how do I do this?
0: Do you just hang out for a while. Just give it a while. And at some point, they're going to completely lose each other. And the phone, they'll, be, you'll, they'll still be connected over Bluetooth, but you'll open up Android yeah. Wear, and it'll be like, no, bro, you don't have a phone. You don't have a watch. And then, on, and then, okay, okay, so here's, this is just the most recent one, and this is why it's actually a problem, okay? So I'm in bed, sleeping, Sunday morning before the Linux Action Show, okay? All right? I'm in bed, okay. and I'm sleeping, which is a nice treat when that happens to begin with. And it's getting bright out earlier So it's really hard to sleep in kind of into the morning
1: Right, you're sunbathing dude, we got that Yep, I'm laying in
0: bed naked And uh, I wake up Kind of pleasantly, and I look down at my watch I tap the screen to wake it up And it says it's 9.58am Well, Linux Action Show starts at 10am It says it's 9.58am And I crap the bed And I whip out I, I, I jump out of bed And I whip out my phone I whip out my phone to go telegram Noah to say, somehow, for the first time in nine years, I blew it and I overslept. I can't believe this, this actually happened to me. I'm going to be on my way. And as I go and I have my finger on the thumbprint reader and I'm waiting for it to unlock the screen, I realize that it says it's 4.55 a.m. I say, what? What's the sun doing up at 4.55 a.m., first of all? That's, that's unbelievably ridiculous. And then second of all, what? And it's like, too bright. out. I'm like, no way is it almost not even like 5 a.m. yet. No way. So I'm looking out there. I'm like, how is it so bright? I'm looking at my watch. My watch is it's 9.58 a.m. And then I look a little closer at my watch, and I realize this is this January 1st, 1970.
1: Oh, My Android nine. Wear
0: watch went to January 1st, 1970. And for that the rest broke. of the day, I could never get my Android Wear watch connected to my Android phone for the rest of the day. I now, had, now normally what you have to do, and you're going to run into this, so I'll just tell you, there's two different approaches depending on how far gone the connection is. Sometimes you're lucky if you reboot the phone first and then reboot the watch while the phone's rebooting, so that way the phone finishes booting first and the Bluetooth stack a- uh, initializes before, before the Wear device finishes booting, sometimes they'll just start talking again. You can't just reboot one or the other either. I've tried that. It won't last. Then, if you've got to go all in like I did this last time, you've got to completely factory reset the Android Wear device Drop it from your Bluetooth pairing, repair it under Bluetooth, go back under Android Wear, re-sync down all your apps, re-go through the tutorial on how to use Android Wear, and use it again for a while. And this is at least the third time, I want to say even the fourth time possibly, that this has happened. At least two times I've had to do the factory reset thing.
1: And Wait, the thing this, is, it's this embarrassing. this is just on the LG, right? This is just... No, you, you I have, thought so. I, in fact, when, okay. I first started,
0: when I first started researching, I specifically was researching for the LG Watch R. Uh, but then, like, on all the threads, I was seeing the Moto 360 brought up quite a bit as well. So I don't think it's limited just to the, to the Moto 360. And, by the way, I'm using the latest version of Android Wear. 5.1 or no whatever idea. it is.
1: I mean, I've been running this for about a week now, um, and it's fine.
0: I, yeah, it took, it took a few weeks for it to crop up. And so it's, it, the uh, unreliability of the voice search is embarrassing, especially when my wife is sitting there with her Apple Watch and Siri doesn't seem to ever miss a beat. And then the, uh, the other thing that's embar- – I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. Did you just say that Siri doesn't miss a beat?
0: Yeah, for her. She doesn't use for it much. Her. She just sets oh, it like – well. She'll just – you know, she just uses it for basic stuff and it's fine. But like set a reminder, it works every time. It's particularly good on the Apple Watch It's particularly good Like I don't know if it buffers it and then like if it fails to connect it first And then it retransmits But the Google Watch like if it doesn't have a solid connection when you do it It just, it, it just never even bothers But like the Apple right, Watch on, like
1: Okay Google Remind me to send Chris a steaming bag of dog shit
0: No it works every time You try it It's when you're actually out and about You're not on a Wi-Fi network Of course it'll work right now if I try it It'll work It, it, it will work Most of the time when you're doing the demo thing Most of the time when you're doing the demo thing You're in a quiet office setting You go outside, you're in a car, you're driving around You're on wireless networking There's some road noise, it fails all the time It's just, it's
1: no good Is it possible that the prehistoric woodland area you live in Is just losing the network connection? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah But, again It turns out I live in the same area as my wife and she doesn't have this. She doesn't have these. Like, it'll fail, and she'll be like, she'll be smirking, and she'll just pull her watch out and bust it out. Like, she'll just bust it so, out.
1: So it sounds like you're, you're taking a real windy path here. And we should get onto the WWDC topic. But you're taking a real windy path here to tell everybody that you're going back to iOS. Is that, nope. is that, nope. is that what you're trying to say? No, I got nope. it
0: working again. I'm hanging out. I still All think right. Android Wear is right now a better a better platform. It's got better it's, apps. It's, 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 it's got more a functionality. I excited
1: during the keynote there, Chris. I'm, I'm just, you know... Just
0: throwing it out there. I think I think maybe when the next Apple Watch comes out, or maybe if these native apps don't suck, we, you know they might they might be working with they might be working with something there, you know,
1: with the open source Swift two point
0: Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. that's actually I think the first I think that's our biggest that's, that's our biggest stuff. Big do you want to get into that, or do you want to get into the other stuff and save Swift for a little bit? Because that seems like a huge that's a huge deal. Uh,
1: then let's do the other stuff first.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah. let's start. Before we get into the other stuff, let's uh, reset. Let's reset our brains. Let's take a moment, and I'll talk about Linux Academy, first sponsor of the Coder Radio program. Go to linuxacademy.com slash coders to get the Coder Radio discount. Linux Academy is a great resource if you want to take your Linux skills or skills around the Linux technology stack, and that's a range of things. That includes OpenStack, AWS, virtualization, Ruby on Rails, PHP, Android development, the entire area. What I love about Linux Academy is they're going to allow you to sort of set up an environment that works best for you, 7-plus distributions to choose from, those distributions that you choose from for the courseware also match the virtual machines they'll spin up for you during the courseware, all included as part of your Linux Academy subscription. The thing that's truly genuine and great about Linux Academy is they are enthusiasts that make this stuff, and that closes the gap. You know, it's like our, it's our philosophy here with Jupiter Broadcasting. There's a lot of places you could go to hear about news, to hear about some of the things we talk about. Some of them might have higher production values. Like, you know, hell, even NPR will cover some of the things we talk about on some of their technology shows. They're undoubtedly, at times, going to have better audio quality than we will. They have a much higher budget. But they don't have the same insights that we do because they don't live and breathe it. They just report it. That's the same for education as well. Linux Academy is created by people that truly live and breathe and are passionate about this. And that difference means that they're following a little bit closer. They know the stuff that truly matters. They know how you work with it in real-world scenarios. And that's why so many of their courses and so many of their labs use scenario-based training. You work in their advanced lab environments and complete scenarios from beginning to end. That's not like the other guys. This stuff gives you hands-ons experience so that when you go out into the real world and you have to use this stuff, it's not your first time. And then once you become more advanced at this kind of stuff, go back and check out some of their nuggets or start there. These are individualized courses that really zero in on a specific thing that you should probably be better at. And I say that because I've been the Linux administrator for way, way, way longer than I want to admit. And there's still things I find I could learn to do better. And I, that was a hard lesson I learned many years ago when I went and just took the Linux Plus course. And uh, I discovered, wow. Wow. Sometimes it's good to just revisit the basics, and you can step through that with step-by-step course information. It's going to tell you how long each section is going to take. If you don't have a lot of time in one week, they'll let you automatically set. Like you go in there and say, okay, I've got one hour on Monday, three hours on Tuesday, no no time on Wednesday. I've got to watch on filter. I can't watch anything. I can't do anything. But Thursday – well, I gotta wait for TechSnap, so until a TechSnap comes out late in the evening, I'll get three hours. And like you go in there with these sliders and set how much availability you have. They'll custom create courseware for you. They're adding new courseware all the time, they're doubling down on the Red Hat stuff right now. They got some of the best red and, and and the thing is is these guys live and breathe the stuff that they're putting up there. And that is so great. I would much, much rather learn from a true enthusiast than somebody that's reading a script. So go over to LinuxAcademy.comslash coders to get our discount and try them out. Check them out. New updates coming all the time, it's a great service, and you can get the coder radio discount and keep us on the air as well. linuxacademy.com/coders. And a big thanks to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. Okay, really quick, before we get into Swift, I wanted to talk about OS 10 El Capitan or, or Captain. Captain OS 10. Let's talk about Captain OS 10 for a second. Uh, and I thought one of the things they're doing interesting here is and this is you know the their big competitor in this market still is Windows 10. And uh, Windows 10 is a huge release for Microsoft. So Apple had two routes to go, right? They could go with another huge push post Yosemite to kind of compete head on with Windows 10, but that's pretty no hard. That's that's pretty right. hard buzz to counter at this point. And and Yosemite has gotten a lot of heat for being a pretty bad release. So they come out with El Capitan because they looked within. And they focused on performance and user experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. All, all I see is uh, Federiki standing like Captain Morgan with his leg on a <laughs> rum barrel. <laughs> he does look
0: like They're Captain like, Morgan. What
1: should we call this version of the release? Well, okay. Mean, like, uh-huh.
0: Let's be fair, though. Let's be let, fair let, let's... in the sense that the Mac is getting a little boring. It is a workhorse workstation for a lot of people. Right. You don't need to keep reinventing the wheel. And Did you know you don't need to go Windows 8. Right. So I, I, I kind of respect where they went. And I think some of the new window management stuff, like the snapping and things like that, and the virtual desktop creation, uh, are pretty decent improvements.
1: Yeah, I, I think this has an opportunity to be n- not nearly as good as a Snow Leopard release, but something more akin to, to that, right? To yeah. Like a I suspect, the only like, thing...
0: Go ahead. Well, I would just, uh, just, to, to, just to, to bounce off your point, I suspect, like in production here, we've been avoiding Yosemite. We right. have Mavericks on the couple of Macs that we still have in production, and right. uh, we'll, we'll just, we'll just skip Yosemite altogether and probably go straight to El Capitan if, if it turns out to be a good
1: right. release. The only thing I, I'm disappointed I didn't really see because I, you know, I don't want new features on Mac, right? And I, I doubt anybody really does. Uh, I really wanted them to roll back some of that Fisher Price crap.
0: Ah, some of the new uh, Johnny Ive inspired UI design.
1: Yeah. I I feel that way in IOS too. I think when we get to uh, get to iOS nine we'll talk about that some. But I was really hoping to go back to, you know, chrome kind of metal look like the workhorse you are, right? Don't don't try to be soft and accommodating. But hmm. yeah, not yeah, much to I say. I kinda about like it. I done.
0: kinda I like it, but I, I would like to see them expand the dark mode uh, because it reminds me a lot of Gnome three. And so I'm. I, I do. I know. I. I know. I just, So I kind of like it because if I got to use a Mac, I'd prefer it looks more like my preferred desktop environment. I know. I know. I know. Before we get into iOS, oh, 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 oh. What about metal on the Mac? Do you think that's a big deal?
1: Uh, maybe. Right. I, I still don't know how many people are actually gaming on Macs. Uh, I doubt it's many.
0: Well, it looks like a bunch of more iPad games will be coming to the Mac soon. Uh, yeah, okay, I,
1: I could see that. I could see like high-end iPad games coming to Mac as well. But
0: yeah, I you know when the, when I was watching it with the chat room and by and by the way, uh, full live coverage of the event was done on the JB Live TV stream, and I recorded it for our patrons over Patreon.com/slash today. We are trying to raise funds. We kind of overextended ourselves during Linux Fest Northwest, so we've had to scale back on a few our other initiatives. And one of the things we want to do is get people, get somebody in-house. Uh, I'll have more details about that soon. And uh, we want to make some improvements to the studio again. You can probably hear in the background. Do you hear? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. You hear that buzz in the background?
1: Mm, that's the sound of the compute power.
0: Yeah, I would like to clean that up do things like that, uh, but it is uh, the, we have so much equipment now to do what we do uh, that the heating is getting ridiculous even this time of year. If I turn off that air conditioner, it gets up to 90 degrees in the studio, and that's just too hot to, to even focus. There's a lot of little right. things we want to change, uh, and like I would love to have been, been able to go to self. So, one of the things I'm doing to kind of encourage people to support us over at patreon.com slash today is I'm going to take that WWDC Live stream that we did the mystery science theater commentary and I'm gonna post it up there for our patrons to watch to get the whole thing with some of with a little bit of commentary sprinkled in here and there and like sometimes somebody come up on stage and people didn't know the history of the person so I sort of cut in during the the, uh, the applause to sort of fill in some details about them so it's like pop up video but with Chris's voice um, for those of you VH1 fans so anyways Patreon.com/slash today if you want to sign up and get access to that plus any of the other behind the scenes stuff uh, okay. We were just talking about the watch and Android Wear. One of the things they announced was a Watch OS is going to have native apps. Well, first of all, we have a, we have a name; it's called Watch OS, and they're going to have Watch OS two with native apps and third party complications.
1: That's, I think, yeah. actually pretty nice. I think that's probably the most significant thing out, out of this keynote, uh, other than possibly Swift being open source. Right. The the problem Apple Watch has had is that third party apps kind of blow on it. Yeah. Because they have to do all the logic, render the UI on the phone, and then just kind of communicate that to the watch. Which is not very performant at all, as you might imagine. So this could be really, really cool. Um, Being able
0: to put complications from third parties on there is pretty nice, and not actually something I expected them to do too soon. Uh, So, you know, you could see, like, a podcast app could have a complication on there. Um, You could see a, a lot of things, and I also... I also kind of, uh, uh, I, I dig the idea of uh, them allowing uh, third-party health apps to integrate in, like uh, Fitbit can now take advantage of yeah. that, or maybe Microsoft Band or other things could work with that. Uh, so that's that's sort of nice of Apple as well, in more than I expect, kind of a nice way. So kind of yeah. uh, watchOS uh, 2 kind of brings it a little more on par, I think, with Android Wear.
1: Yeah, this is this is going to be, I think, the, the opening of the wearables uh, app market, really. I mean, yes, there are watch apps, there are wear apps. FaceTime you know, audio
0: call from the watch is honestly kind of yeah. a cool feature.
1: Is it, though? No, is it, it is. Really? I think it's kind of no, neat. No, it's not Really? I don't know. It kind of is. Yeah, it My, is because it can, can be done over Apple Wi-Fi. How, do, how did you feel about Apple Pay?
0: I'm still not super impressed with Apple Pay, but it's just because yeah, I don't I'm really not, have any use for it. I
1: don't,
0: yeah. Um. Uh, I I guess I find it interesting from a developer's, you know, possibly app integration standpoint at this point, but I don't actually There's use that. it.
1: Um, One thing I'm mildly concerned with: they announced this. Uh, they announced WatchKit, uh, the native version. Mm-hmm. They did not mention battery life. No, they didn't, did they? So I'm wondering how, as a developer, how conscious of battery life you're going to have to be. Yeah, yeah.
0: there is going to have yeah. to be.
1: Uh, I it's, suspect it's going to be pretty. You're going to have to be pretty conservative.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I and mean, there's probably going to be a lot of limitations there on what it can do and how long it can run and and things like that. Uh, transitioning from the watch to iOS nine itself. Uh, you, you touched on Apple Pay. I think Siri is looking a lot better, a um,
1: lot stronger, a lot, lot more feature parity to Google Now. But again, I feel like this is an area where Apple's kind of following. Right.
0: Well, uh, I, I agree in one sense. So there's a few features that the chat room responded kind of positively to. Like you plug in the headphones and now on your lock screen, Serial automatically recommends some music to you, but it doesn't autoplay. It just presents it on the home screen. That's right. actually pretty nice. And I would like maybe have it, oh, you know, recommend a podcast or something like that. Uh, the other thing that I thought was, or, or it can also offer a, an audio book or a podcast. It says instead of music, oh, it says it already does that. Well, that's actually great. If the address, yeah. if, you know, if somebody's number isn't in your address book, it'll read through your email and suggest them. Uh, If somebody sends you an invite, it'll read through your email and automatically add it to your calendar for you. Uh, But the thing, so that's where you're saying these Google, or like, you know, if traffic is bad, it'll give you an alert that you need to leave now for traffic. That is all, you're right, very Google Now-ish. But the thing that Apple, and you, you pointed this out during our live coverage, the thing that Apple beat the drum on is... They're doing this anonymously when they do have to talk to the web. Yeah. They're doing it locally on the device. They're not using you know, this big collection of cloud information. They're not, like, in, right. they're not doing some sort of massive in privacy invasion to get all this information. They're doing analytics on the device. They're doing remote lookups for traffic information. with, And they're not associating with your Apple ID. They're not associating with your device ID. So they're giving you some of the benefits of Google Now without the privacy invasion. And it's just part of it's a platform a, feature.
1: You know it's almost an extension of their kind of like taste or or design focus, and that they're saying you know we're we're a higher end experience right we're the we're the top tier experience I'm not sure though how you know i I didn't see I, I guess I don't agree with you I wasn't very impressed by Siri at all, and I felt like the privacy thing was almost a crutch to say you know we're more limited because we respect your privacy which mm-hmm. could be which is probably true right.
0: I, yes, absolutely it's true. Here's why I disagree, though. Uh, it's a compromise that I think is fair. I think that's a good compromise. Uh, people are going to become more privacy aware because Apple is going to beat this drum a lot. And my, and my prediction is, over 2016, the rest of the tech industry that Google competes with, Amazon Microsoft, and all of the... Well,
1: Microsoft started it, right, last year. I mean, Microsoft was... Yeah, but
0: Microsoft did a crap job. Microsoft did a tongue-in-cheek, the Scroogled store. Apple is doing it... the
1: mailman reading? Right,
0: but but here's the difference. And I'm and I'm not saying Apple's isn't for marketing motivations. Don't mistake how I'm saying they're doing it for what their intention is. But the way Apple is doing it, it comes from this... This is a lifestyle. This is what we believe in. Your privacy is important, and you can accomplish a lot of these neat tricks without having to be so invasive. And Tim Cook last week was at a privacy conference yes. where he blasted yes. Google and Silicon Valley for being so greedy over user information. Now you take that with these features, and now you have a marketing message from Apple, and the rest of the industry loves to copy Apple's, Apple's marketing.
1: Okay, but the, the, you know, there's a little bit of... Uh there's a little bit of a flaw in this, right? The minute you install Facebook or (laughs) on your Apple device...
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: I mean, it's a But back to
0: your point, though. But if the platform... And in this case, the platform is iOS. If it can give me... Hey, bro, you got to get out and get going now because traffic's bad. And if it can give me automatic calendar entries and if I can... Oh, man, the other huge, huge, huge one for me was when a message comes in, you can say, remind me about this later. That is my number one mother effing workflow. Literally during the live stream of the WWDC keynote, three different message threads came in during that keynote asking me to do things for people that need to be done in order for production to continue on that I have to remember after four or five hours of doing live content, I need to remember to go back and reread those three different Telegram threads and do those action items. And that, that is a light day for me. So that number, that workflow right there would change my life. If I could have a message and say, remind me to take this and then bring me right back to that point in the message thread so I don't have to scroll up 30 freaking pages because I get so many damn messages in a day, it would change my life. So those yeah. kinds of things without having to be tied to some massive yeah. information collection cloud, even if they are not as good as Google now and never can be as good as Google stuff, it's a trade-off to me that's worth it.
1: Okay, but as a developer, right, looking at this from an opportunity perspective, Yes, the the, uh, the Siri-to-app deep linking is kind of cool, but it's very telling that they called it deep deep linking, right? Because in, in the Cocoa development space, that has a very specific meaning, which is basically literally a link, right? Like a, a URL scheme mm-hmm, to your mm-hmm. to your view with mm-hmm. some data that you then render. I, I feel like, you know, I, Google I.O., again, was another kind of bug fix, under-the-hood kind of thing conference, just like I, I would say iOS uh, or WWDC was too. But I left IO. I left watching IO feeling excited about a few things. Feeling Before you like, go okay, further, hold on, hold on. Go ahead.
0: I, and I don't mean to drag it out, but because I think you're about to make a great point, I don't want to go off the deep linking thing. That deep linking and that contextual search, where you go into that spotlight thing and or whatever they're calling it on iOS, and you type in like food right. reviews, and you're getting yummy stuff, and then you click on the the yummy review, and it deep links you into the app. And, you know, they're making it more movie times and all of that stuff that you just kind of need to look, you know, stuff that Canonicals talked about, scopes can do. Without a doubt, that is a useful feature for a class of users. No doubt. But what it's really about, in my opinion, is Apple taking a big $160 billion finger and pointing it at Google and saying, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to take our millions and millions and millions and millions of iOS users and and we're going to give them a screen built in that bypasses Google and bypasses the web. So now when they search, you know that search isn't powered by Google. And when they search, they don't use Google. And when they click those links, they don't ever open the web, they don't ever give Google any ad money, they go right into the app. That's a screw you to Google is what that is. A
1: a lot of this conference was Kind of flipping Google the finger, right? Like, I don't know. I I, I was expecting the VP of spite to come on stage <laughs> the stage and spite. just be like, "Oh, the ghost so of Steve God. Jobs." <laughs> yeah, just be like, and I'm back for revenge.
0: So, in your opinion, okay, so uh, before, do you, do you want to talk about Swift before you talk compare I O to to W W C? Because yeah. I I had I uh, what did you think though before we get to that? What did you think Go about ahead. the multitasking on the iPad? With the split screen and stuff, I thought it was a pretty good implementation where the pullover yeah, menus. I had that
1: on my Surface a year ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. This all of I mean, this it's stuff funny is.
1: how a lot of these ideas Microsoft tried to do, and it whether it wasn't the right time. And so did or, Canonical.
0: So did Canonical. But in my opinion, like sure. I, I, agree with also their their uh, with the window snapping on on uh, El Capitan and uh, with Walt right. with the multi window yep. stuff on iOS nine here. It seems like the smoothest implementation of all of it because... And one thing Apple has done really well is these interfaces are all beautifully OpenGL accelerated. So things are sliding in and smooth, really smooth. And when you transition to the main screen and back, like it looks really good. And the reason why that's important is the way those transition work allow your mind to kind of conceptualize on what layer those windows are at. So you know where they are, even when they're not on the screen, the way they kind of come in and come out. I was yes. watching during the keynote. It's very easy for the mind. And the reason why I think about this is I think about how I have a, uh, a, a four-year-old and a six-year-old using iPad pads and how are they going to interact with this kind of stuff and that's the cut I see the way they get the multi layered UI of iOS 7 and iOS 8 they get it they get like mission control sliding yeah. up and how it's on top of other stuff they get all of that and so this is going to work really well for them
1: and I could already no, it's, a, it's a powerful feature it, it, and it's funny because this is almost exactly Apple's MMO right this this not I'm sorry MMO not MMO it's not Warcraft they they take a feature that had been done shall we say poorly or sloppily before, they polish the crap out of it, and they release it, and oh my god, it's revolutionary, it's great. And I'm not downplaying it, I'm oh, for sure going to use this feature every day, like yeah. I can tell you right now. I think the like,
0: difference is, and and because and, uh, I have it right now on my S6, my right? S6 Edge has a uh, multitasking, multi-split screen thing built in, and the re- the way I found out about that is because every time I've used it, it has been an ac- It has been by total accident when I'm extremely stressed out and I'm driving at the same time. And what happens, it's usually something like this. Uh, I get a message that comes in that's really important and uh, I'm trying to drive but I need to answer this and so I go to slide down the notification window drawer thingy to get an idea of what happened and instead, I just miss the top of the screen a little teensy bitsy bit and instead, sure. I grab the app and then all of a sudden, I have popped the app into windowed mode and I've shoved yeah. it down to the corner and bottom of my screen and now I can't read that app and now I'm sitting here trying to drag it back up while I'm bouncing around in the vehicle trying to get it back up on the full screen so that way I can read my message and somehow when I do that I launch another application and now I've got this weird multi-window thing going on and I just want to read my message and I've wait, never wait, wait, wait. actually been able to intentionally activate it because I don't ever really need that on a screen like I could totally get it on a tablet but on a phone screen it seems ridiculous and so the and only time I've ever used it is by phone. accident.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean this is a tablet feature This, and you know it's funny right because there is no you know, the concept of snapping windows left to right or quarter or eighths or whatever dimensions they're using um, isn't really revolutionary at all, right? But they're... And granted, I think I think we need to pump the brakes a little, Chris, because I think you've been seduced by the uh, by the presentation a Little. I want to see how it is when I'm running Xcode, when I'm ru- running Atom, when I'm actually working with a terminal open, how smooth that transition is,
0: mm. right? Well, yeah, I'm not saying it's good. I, I guess... You know, you have to divorce. I think they have great feature ideas, and they 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 nail the implementation on a few things. There's nothing that says once you actually get it in your hands, it's going to work very well.
1: Well, I so I I just I would disagree with that, though, right? I, I think you're flip flopping between two extremes. Generally, with Apple, it, it does work pretty well, right? It works consistently. Mm. Now, in some cases, it works consistently poorly.
0: Mm. Okay, I'll give you that.
1: With, with maybe the recent exception of iOS 8.3, was was buggy as crap, right? or 8.2, whichever version it was that had all those problems that people were upset about. Um, I don't know, you know, I I don't know why you would ever want to put screen on a phone, and maybe I misunderstood the presentation. I don't think we're getting it. I think it's only on iPad. I think so, yeah. Right, because... Samsung is crazy if they think you need to put screen on your phone.
0: Actually, sometimes what I get excited about is I, I know some of these great features are going to get ripped off by everybody else. Or the ones where they already have them, they'll modify the, their implementation. And make, make it work better. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what did you feel, and, and, and I'll do my comparison in a minute because uh, – what would be your breakout feature, right? Because so, you, you're you effectively a Mac user because of the production workflow wow. you have.
0: Actually, I don't, I don't actually use the Mac. Did you anymore. like
1: that little shot across the back? I, I don't, I don't like
0: actually it. use uh, any Macs anymore. Rekai does the – except for the Wirecast oh, machine, oh, but I'm standing oh. across the room from it.
1: All right, so you're an Android user right now, right? Yeah. Was I there know. anything in 9 that would kind of have you looking over the, you know, over the other side? Again?
0: To me, to me – to me, honestly, the, uh, the 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 what they called it, uh, proactive Siri features, were actually a pretty big deal for me. That really? actually, yeah, that actually is a big deal for me um, because it See, I, I, mm. Google. I, I am constantly. It's just it's on the it gnaws at me a little bit. Uh, so that is a kind of a big deal for me. Uh, I also I liked the redesigned search with your recent contacts in there. I thought that was kind of nice. You know, otherwise, the things that would have to really get me would have to be like. Uh, um, HomeKit would have to be amazing, and uh, right. phone and and, and and watch integration would have to be amazing. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't nothing, nothing blows me away about iOS nine in particular.
1: So, so, so here, here's my issue, and I'm going to go back to my comparison. You know, I left the IO conference. I didn't physically go. I watched it on my screen here, excited about a few, not many, right? A few things that could be opportunities for me in the coming year, and for other developers, clients, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. I'm leaving and this is just a raw reaction, right? So I might you know I might meditate on this, spank my inner Chris Fisher, and really come to a different uh, way of thought. But yes, OS two for the watch looks interesting, right? But naming anything OS two brings back horrible IBM memories.
0: <laughs> it's called uh, yeah, watch OS two, yes.
1: Watch OS two. So he got Swift Swift yeah. two seems really interesting, but I wanna see how that goes first. Um, what I will say is, I think I'm ready to drink the Kool Aid on Swift. Now that it's going to be open source, now that it's going to be a little,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a little more of a guarantee that we're not going to go into crazy land. It is starting to stabilize, right? I think I'm ready to go there. Um, but you know, there's no, there's no like API. Look, there is one exception. They, but we won't know about it till I see the uh, NDA videos. The Xcode, um, what do they call automated UI testing? Yeah. That is good. I will be so happy. That will be my killer feature of the whole yeah, thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, hmm. I think it's – I thought a couple of things that were – about iOS 9 that will be interesting. The app thinning, where they thin down the app to just support the device that it's targeting in the app store. That's kind of – should make it installing over the web or over the internet, you know, over wireless a little easier.
1: Right. If it's a universal app that supports iPad too. yeah.
0: Uh… uh if it's a universal because, app, what? No, it's so. It's like it's you can you submit your app, and then when you no, at the time of install, it only
1: it strips out the assets. Right? We're basically mm-hmm. talking images and videos here. Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's going to be most beneficial if you, if your app is a universal app. Yeah, yeah, meaning if it's iOS, I'm sorry, iPhone and iPad, okay. because those iPad assets <clears> are huge. And right. You need to yeah. Them for a no reason. Yeah, that'll be nice. For is that really phone. game changing? I mean, you you, no. you should kind of be not loading your crap up. with the
0: battery stuff up. could be game changing. I actually think, in some ways, uh, Android M's like um, what do they call that? Snooze or uh, whatever they called yep. it. They're uh, they're kind of uh, sort of sits there and, and figures out your activity. Overall, I think it was nice improvements to the I, to the iOS stuff. But iOS is already in pretty good shape, except for like ac- open it up more to developers, which is what they did more. You know that recent pain, the uh, I, uh, Siri API. Uh, it's not bad.
1: I would I would caution you that right because we're not going to know this until it's out. Doze or. We're not going to be able to talk about it until
0: yeah. right. Till later. Yeah, now the now the obnoxious NDAs begin. Um, I want right. I want to stop dancing around Swift. And I want to talk about that here in a sec. But Let's is it, talk about it. You know, okay, so there's nothing else in the uh, from like the Mac side or are you bummed? No, no Apple I, TV stuff. You care?
1: Yeah, that is what I wanted actually. That really? Was what, but you for know, for you, developers, you, you saw the very obvious control leak right in the New York Times. Uh, remind me. They leaked like two days ago that there wasn't going to be an Apple yes, TV. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they just can't. Well, just can't get it figured out. I guess it's
1: got to be the content deals, right? Then the, the, I don't want to go into this because every other show talked about it, but it's you know, I would really like to see the box come out, even if you can't get Comcast or whoever or NBC whatever to play ball with you, just because you know I, I have a lot of content in iTunes, I have the 1080 Apple TV. It is kind of disgraceful compared to some of the competitors out there.
0: Like, I mean, the Roku isn't as is uh, polished. But jeez, you got so much more apps, so much more cool things you can do with the Roku. You can well, run flex there's natively. The, uh,
1: there's that huge issue with screwing up your network, right?
0: Yeah, the uh the their, their, their DNS thing.
1: Yeah. So, it'd be great if they could fix that.
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah. That's a that's a, yeah. for those of you that don't know, there's some If if you have Discovery D, is that what it is? It's a a problem. It's it's Discovery D or something like that. Yeah. If you you have an Apple TV on your network and you're not using it, you might as well just turn it off because it's probably causing you some grief. It's
1: probably causing you some grief. If you uh, wonder why you can't connect to Wi-Fi, it's that little bastard in the corner.
0: I was It was good to see some stuff about the watch, but yeah, okay, all right, well, we should probably talk about Swift. I'm i am kind of fascinated by what they're doing with Swift, uh, so uh, why don't we take a moment before we get to that, and let's talk about DigitalOcean. Now, uh, we have a promo code, CoderDigital, one word, CoderDigital over DigitalOcean to get you a $10 promo to try it out. You've probably heard us talk about it before, but if you're new to the show new to DigitalOcean. It's something really unique, something really neat. DigitalOcean is a simple cloud hosting provider dedicated to offering the most intuitive and easy way for you to get going with your own cloud server. And that's really killer. You get up there, you get an SSD powered cloud server, so your I.O. is super, super high. You get, you, it's like when I used to build servers to get the kind of performance you're getting from a droplet, uh, I would have to have a large arrayed array of at least 10,000 RPM drives, probably in some sort of fast, crazy array. Uh, and either I could maybe try iSCSI, But a lot of the times, performance. If I wanted the kind of performance I'm getting from these SSDs on a reliable basis, I might do Fibre Channel, especially if I'm coloing. It's just totally changed now with DigitalOcean, and now, in under 55 seconds, and for five dollars a month, you can get 512 megabytes of RAM, a 20 gigabyte SSD, one CPU, and a terabyte of transfer. I had a colo with a RAID array, and the server that was. Probably $1,500 just for the hardware because you also have to pay for the power. And then the bandwidth was another $1,000. Now, I could add more servers in there and didn't add an incredible amount of cost. But at digital ocean, I can do it for $5 a month. That's amazing. $5 a month. And the other thing is that's just what I did it my old way. Old school, Chris, I guess. Uh, I could just do it in one data center. But DigitalOcean has data center locations in New York, San Francisco, Singapore, Amsterdam, London, a really nice brand new one in Germany. 40 gigabit E-connections to each hypervisor, their fastest SSDs yet, and it's located at such a great center point over there for all of Germany's neighbors. It's really a great service. And now over Jupiter Broadcasting, we just treat it as our Linux data center. They have free BSD, too. But, you know, we're a Linux shop. And one of the things I really, truly love about it is when we need some infrastructure, we just go over to DigitalOcean. And you could use our promo code, CoderDigital, and get a $10 credit. We spin up rigs for anything now. If I need a Minecraft server, if we need a Mumble server, when we have an event like we have Self coming up, where the guys are going to be on location at Southeast Linux Fest, we bounce their video stream back to the studio off a DigitalOcean droplet. It's an amazing, an amazing service for $5 a month. If you play around with Docker, you create things on your local machine, and you want to deploy it up to a public server, to have somebody test it, try out DigitalOcean. Remember, Coder Digital gets you the $10 credit. And then really one of the great things about DigitalOcean is their amazing interface. Their interface is so intuitive. And their control panel can be replicated on a larger scale with their straightforward API. It's a really, really great implementation. Even Alan Jude loves it. And right now they're hiring too. They need Linux system administrators. They need content editors. They have really, really great tutorials. And they, they invest in these things. So they need people to create them for them and also to edit them over there and check out their hiring positions, the content editor, and their great tutorials. Use the promo code Coder Digital, get a $10 credit, trout that $5 rig two months for free. DigitalOcean.com. And a huge thank you to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. You guys have made what we do possible. DigitalOcean.com, Coder Digital, when you check out. So, as we record this episode, lots of questions about the open sourcing of Swift. Swift 2 comes out and up on stage. They said that we think this is going to be the next big language and we want everyone to use it. And so we are open sourcing Swift 2 and we are releasing an open source compiler for the Mac and for Linux. Linux, not Windows, not Windows, not Windows, Linux. Are they, you think it's because they want server side Swift software? Do you think it's... Because it's in order to be hip today, you have to release a Linux app like Visual Code Studio or Visual Studio Code. What is it, Mr. Dominic? Why Linux, not Windows?
1: Uh, I I would think it has something to do with the compiler and whatever LLVM stuff they're using under the hood.
0: Oh, that's pretty. That's 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 kind of a boring kind of. I wanted like some big grand vision.
1: That's probably the truth, though, right? Yeah, probably is the truth. Although all right, well let's let's go into the weeds a little bit, right? You know, Apple is still the only group using web objects. Um maybe they want to do a back end in Swift. That would really fix a weakness for them.
0: It's an interesting I think it's an interesting era when you got Microsoft going all in on .net, you got Rust out there that people love, you got uh, Swift going open source. I don't know what to make of it. I, I don't uh I I almost I'm going to guess it's going to be like an Apache 2 Type license. Uh, yeah, that, I think it's
1: Apache, BSD, something like
0: that. Yeah. Uh, so open source for iOS, OS X, and Linux. They say it also is faster, new language features. Uh, they're, they're serious you know, about Swift.
1: It's telling that you mentioned Microsoft, though, because up until this, right, C Sharp, it was looking like it was going to become kind of a, uh, I know we're going to get hate in the chat room in a second, but kind of a lingua franca of development, right? They had open source, they were open sourcing .NET, you had Xamarin, shipping things that maybe they shouldn't have. Uh, you have all kinds of really, uh, frankly, aggressive pushing in that direction, right?
0: Yeah, I, I think in order yeah. to contend at all, you have to go open source to be competitive. That's why they right. did it, right?
1: Yeah, and, you know, I I think this is going to throw throw a little bit of a monkey wrench mm-hmm. in that story. Um, you know, I would not be opposed to, you know, if I was doing an OS ten app and they... So the question is, how much are they going to open source, you know, core foundation, right, The frameworks? Seems like they're going to. Assuming they do, how hard is it going to be to get your OS 10 Swift app hmm. running on, let's say, Ubuntu, right, if you only use the open source components?
0: Well, and let me ask you this. You notice they said OS 10, iOS, and Linux. They didn't say watch OS, but would you be surprised if native watch apps are Swift only?
1: Uh, you know, I, I I made that prediction a couple of weeks ago. I'm kinda kinda wanna walk that back.
0: Oh you did, did you? Oh, okay. Maybe that's where, where I you, got the idea.
1: That's where you got the idea. I thought about it and I've been thinking about it. It seems unnecessary. They don't need to force you, right? You know, even curmudgeons like me who who've kind of been holding out, making it open source it removes a lot of the risk in using it. Ah, uh, okay. So and it also, you know, a I'm excited to see again, and it's very annoying that all this stuff is under NDA, but I, I don't know if they're going to loosen it this year, but when they start releasing the uh, the tapes for the developer sessions, I'm curious to see what they've done in Swift 2.0 or what they're going to do
0: they, I think they're loosening up on it, but we'll see:
1: We'll see what we can can and can't talk about. but bottom line, you know I think if this hurts anybody, it's going to be Microsoft the most. not Googs I don't think Googs cares. I mean, yeah, you know, I'll make the prediction now, right? We're going to see some third-party tool company come out with, you know, Swift on Android, right? Like a Xamarin for Swift, basically, instead of C Sharp. But I don't think that's going to matter much. Um, I feel like the people who are going hybrid are going HTML5. There is a small group of Xamarin developers, and everybody else is, uh, you know, for consumer-facing top-shelf apps. You're kind of going native still, right?
0: mm I can't wait for the next native game on the Watch, the big hit. Flappy Bird for the Watch. Uh, uh. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, uh, you know, the thing is, actually, the funny thing is, it's not much of a developer's conference, is it? Uh, It it, really
1: wasn't. That was a little disappointing. Yeah,
0: Yeah. it's it's really a consumer show. And then right now, in about an hour, I think they're going to do a state of the platform or something like that, which would be much more developer-focused and give you a lot more details. Uh, One thing I thought was kind of nice, I don't know why I, I forgot to mention it, Just jumping around a bit, the uh, trackpad feature of the iPad keyboard, every single device, oh my god, every device needs to rip that off, everybody, every keyboard out there, I want every Android keyboard to be updated tomorrow in the Play Store with that feature, I I gotta have it, I gotta have it on phones, I gotta have it on tablets, did you watch it, did you see what they could do with that thing?
1: I, I did watch it. You
0: put down two fingers and it turns your keyboard into a trackpad, into a trackpad, And that makes tech selection super awesome. And the chat room was with me on it, man. They want every every freaking vendor out there to rip it off. And I can't wait for it. It turns your keyboard into a trackpad.
1: I just wasn't that into it.
0: And then I think you were drunk. Uh, Yeah, okay, Apple Music, Apple CarPlay, stuff like that. Anything else you want to cover from the uh, WWDC?
1: No, I I think we're good. Again, this is kind of the disappointing thing about WWDC over I.O. Uh, The good stuff is going to be under NDA.
0: True. True that. True that. The good stuff, yeah. Yeah, although ironically, uh, consumers will have their hands on it way before the, the Google consumers. They got a good slam in there. They gave Lollipop a 12% market share, which is generous, by the way. They gave Lollipop a generous number because I looked at it last week and somebody was reporting at 9%. Let's go look at it right yeah, now. Yeah, I
1: didn't think they hit 10. I, I was Lollipop, surprised to see it
0: 12. Lollipop market share. Apple said 12%. And what did they say? 89% for iOS 8? Is that what they said? Yeah. Something redonculous like that? Uh, let's see, uh, Lollipop, Lollipop Market Share, doesn't, Google releases that information directly, right? I think so, yeah. Chairman, if you have a link, I would love to know, because all I'm seeing is a Forbes article. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if last time I looked, it was, uh, um, uh, last time I looked, it was pretty low, but last time I looked, it was like May 5th. So, it was about a month ago. Yeah. Well, Mr. Dominic, very good. Good, uh, thanks for joining me towards the end of the WWDC, uh, live stream, too. That was fun. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, so according to Forbes, it's 9.7%. But I, you know, so Apple, either way, was giving them a fairly generous number. Um, So good for them. And chat room, if you have a link to that, that'd be handy. Uh, Yeah, so anyways, uh, if uh, you wanted to see all of our thoughts as they unveiled uh, bit by bit for the keynote, check out patreon.com slash today and look at the feed for our patrons. And Mr. Dominic, I'd also encourage people to just join us live. Yes. They could just join us live and get all the goodness there and uh, hang out with Mr. Dominic and I. Chat in our chat room. And uh, don't forget our subreddit, coderadio.reddit.com. We'll be back to our regular format next week. Oh, so there you go. We got developer.android.com says 12.4% from the Android. There you go. It's, it's going fast. It's going fast. Hopefully, those are 5.1 users. Mr. Dominic, is there anywhere you'd like to point people throughout the
1: week? Yes, go to uh, buccaneertech.com and our blog, buccaneer.io. And
0: don't forget about that El Capitan promo for the consultation. That's right. That's right. And say something nice about me, for goodness sake. Now, join no, us live. Don't. Yes. Monday, noon uh, Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, jblive.tv, jblive.info for the audio. All right, everybody, thanks so much for watching this week's episode of Coda Radio. See you right back here next week.